You know what time it is. You know what time it is. You know what time it is. It's real vile time. That's right, babies. After a couple of weeks hiatus, we're back. And I'm, of course we are. We could not be back. You know why? It is the first week in October and we are ready for spooky season. We are ready for Halloween month and we are ready to kick things off with an interview with filmmaker Chris Shearn talking about his film, evil lurks but before we get to that let's talk to my co-host the wonderful the beautiful the prime minister the sinister mr ruthless Chris. how about it everybody what's going on guys hey not much too long it has been too long damn it sorry it has been it has been too long i'd well, say it's it's been over an hour so of course we got to talk to the tower of the hour the princess of power the killer kelly miller what's up baby doll hey hey everybody good to be back good to see y'all missed you so after a couple of weeks hiatus what have you guys been up to whoa well <laughs> <laughs> It's been a it's it's been a interesting couple of weeks. Uh, I won a pie wrestling tournament. <laughs> Not only did she win a pie, re- all right. So <laughs> there's her trophy. Uh, so let's. I'm gonna give some backstory. Um, earlier in the day, I came across this really strange flyer, and I sent it to the guys in the group chat, and I'm like, I cannot figure out what the fuck this is about. It had like people wrestling on it. It just said wrestling prizes. High themed costumes. We like were high themed like, costumes. We're like, what the fuck is this? So five dollars like, for the wrestling. We we're like, right, what the hell? <laughs> so like me and the crew, the ruthless pro wrestling guys, uh, and Kelly, we're like, fuck it, we got nothing going on tonight. Uh, producer Peapod's wife was out of town. He had nothing to do. So we all went down there to check it out. And once we found out it was pie wrestling, uh, we we signed Kelly up. We coerced <laughs> her into it. And then I watched her ragdoll bitches. In pie for hours that night. Um, the, the last girl that was going to go against her just said, no, she wins because she didn't want a piece of Kelly. At one point, <laughs> Kelly was drowning somebody in pie filling. Somebody was trying to catch their breath and she was flinging pie filling in their mouth so they couldn't breathe. Um, we have plenty of video footage. Uh, uh, Producer Pete Pod, you should, uh, you should slide some of that in here throughout the episode. <laughs> Micah? What I fought Micah? <laughs> yeah, uh, so the, the guy that put it on decided to let two of the top girls go against him because uh, uh, he was going to make himself the ringer and win the $150 tattoo gift certificate. And the, him and the one girl just kind of pushing hands. Kelly shoots underneath him, grabs him by the kneecap, yanks his kneecap out from <laughs> under him, gets him up in a fucking clutch and starts strangling him. <laughs> <laughs> like that she, is she awesome. really was just ragdolling people like people this were like, like six foot fucking eight and i don't know like people were going in there to have fun and she was like fuck that i'm winning this shit and i'm getting money so it was it was funny as shit yeah man i won a 150 dollar uh tattoo gift certificate my trophy <laughs> got a i did not expect to wrestle that night it was- i love we, we, we got a couple I- shots in her she'd do it so I was like, I love, hey, her, I love everything about bourbon. this story. Like <laughs> this story needs to be in a movie itself or, or a good portion of a movie or a whole movie. The pie wrestling contest, you know, uh, this is amazing. <laughs> um, we went to see um, Christine the one night and the girl, random girl at the bar, like, Lena, she's like, I'm a fan of your pie wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, you were there. <laughs> You got fans like now. You need merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Our was wrestling queen. What else has went on? Oh man, bunch There's of movies. Big... We went and seen Mr. Bungle. That was a we good. Saw Mr. Bungle. Time. We went and saw Christine. We went and saw Big Lebowski at the drive-in. Yeah, yeah. It's that been was a lot of fun stuff. I've been in the gym a lot. Happy about that. <laughs> Ready to whoop some more butt. <laughs> hey, I gotta, I gotta defend my title next year. <laughs> I love that. I doubt they'll have you back. They're terrible. I know. They have a picture of you up at the at the pie wrestling booth or whatever it was. They have a picture like, do not let this woman enter the contest. <laughs> there was there was a uh, the one girl. She hard. won the first round because it was like tapered, and she was supposed to go against Kelly in the second round. She just quit. <laughs> she was like, no. 
I'm like, no. no, I'm done. So that was actually two people that forfeited to her during the entire tournament. She only wrestled three times, but uh, <laughs> those three times were fierce. It was like watching a starving dog that you throw a piece of meat at, and the meat thought it was there for fun, and the dog was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I was winning that fucking tattoo. <laughs> I had my mindset on that thing. I was getting it. <laughs> Well, it, it sounds like you guys have had an exciting <laughs> couple of weeks, but let's get back on track, choo-choo, and talk about some horror movies and exploitation movies and so on and so forth that people love to hear us talk about. Uh, Mr. Ruthless Chris, why don't you get this train of chugging down the tracks of Terrorland, baby? So I was telling these guys, I'm going to do not what I normally do, but because I've watched a bunch of movies I want to talk about and normally only, only cover three. So I'm going to do like kind of speed rounds where I do two for it, the, 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 the speed of one. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Outpost 2022. This is uh, written, directed by Joe Latrulio. Uh, you may know him from the state. Um, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Wet Hot American Summer. He is mostly known as a comedic actor. If you look him up, you will know him instantly. Like He was one of the cops in... Um, uh, um, super bad, the, or not the cops, the guy that gave him a ride that wanted to be his friend. Anyway, uh, he wrote and directed this. It's his first movie he made. He made it with his wife. It's a very small cast. Woman um, goes through a traumatic experience, becomes a, a forest ranger, wants to get away from everybody, goes to this outpost, starts losing her mind, turns into a psychological thriller. Gave this one three out of four. Loved it. Highly recommended it. Watched it on freebie. Only on freebie. The second one I'm going to talk about is No One Will Save You. I watched this on Hulu. Uh, this is an this alien one. movie. It is brand fucking new, and I cannot recommend this thing enough. Um, as a huge amount of alien action, like we're talking five minutes of setup, and then the first scene could have been the climax of any other movie, and then it just goes from there. It's completely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of cool subtext to it to where you can actually talk about this movie for hours after watching it. It's really really cool and one of the things i you barely even notice is there's no fucking dialogue in this thing there's like maybe three or four lines of dialogue um if that dude i don't cannot, even remember one line i was looking for it too cannot recommend enough i gave it four out of five so that's outpost uh and no one will save you recommend them both outpost three stars no one will save you four very very yeah, cool man. Sorry. I'll have to check out both those movies. Uh, Kelly, you said that you've seen No One Will Save You? Yeah. Um, actually, I went to watch that, and then I looked up the wrong movie, which I'll talk about the one I actually ended up watching, No One Gets Out Alive. I looked out the wrong movie, and like halfway through, I was like, this isn't what that looked like. And then I realized I was watching the wrong one, but I did eventually end up watching this, and I agree with Chris. It is fantastic. And I noticed kind of, oh, maybe like a quarter of the way through that there was no dialogue. So I was like looking for it. Uh, other than like the girl screaming, there might be like a no in there, but fucking there is no script to this basically at all. And it it and doesn't take away from it at all. It, it doesn't take away sense you, for the storyline, and it makes it have more of an impact you don't even really notice it that much because like you there are some scenes where she's writing like writing about you know what this relationship she had with somebody from her past and stuff and that kind of explains a lot and you don't really notice the no dialogue it's kind of crazy that sounds like a wild ride indeed and i need to check it out um you know i've heard nothing but good things about that one uh but that's on hulu and outpost is on freebie they both sound very very cool uh, but in the meantime, what's the first movie you'd like to talk about, Killer Kelly? Um, I watched Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. Uh, it's on two. TV, 2005. What? One of two. because One of like, two prequels. It was yeah. weird. The same year, they had two prequels to The Exorcist come out the exact same time, and they were very different movies. Yeah, this one, it, it might be one of my least favorite uh, Exorcist movies. Of all of them, although I might need to rewatch some of the sequels because it's been some years. But um, this was directed by Paul Schrader. He was the writer of Taxi Driver and he directed American Gigolo. Uh, also, what I found interesting, this stars the person that plays uh, Father Marin in this is Stellan Skarsgård. He's Bill and Alex Skarsgård's dad. Interesting. Fun fact. Uh, but yeah, basically, this is mainly about it. it 
obviously takes place before the whole Reagan incident, um, maybe in the 70s or 80s, early in Father Marin's career. Uh, it focuses heavily around uh, his um, like battle with his, his own faith. Because um, early in the movie, he's... Um, He's in Holland during World War II, and he's forced to do some really horrific shit that, like, makes him question his own faith. And at the same time, he's um, and he has a background as like a um, archaeologist. So after all that shit, he kind of separates himself from the church a little bit, although he's still practicing. He's just not really he's doing more archaeological digs. And he comes across this like old church that's kind of buried in the sand and he's got. He's got like a, what would you call it? Like a, uh, you know, somebody that's following him. What's the word? Um, I want to say like an intern, but like a, <laughs> yeah, let's just say intern. But he's got like this other priest. Understudy. Understudy. Yes, that's the word. But he's got this, uh, yeah, younger priest, you know, like learning from him and shit. And he helps out a lot. But when they start unburying this church at this archaeological sh site, shit starts going down. And uh, this is where Father Marin first meets the demon Pazuzu, which you meet later in the original Exorcist, the demon that possesses Reagan. But yeah, um, I don't know. This was all right. I feel like it was more action oriented than like horror the the effects weren't the best but eh, it, it was okay like i said i think it might be one of my least favorite exorcist movies it, it does more focus around father Marin losing his faith and trying to regain his faith through a fight through pazuzu and um yeah yeah dominion the exorcist on tubi uh what's that how many stars would you give that baby three i'll give it three, three. yeah huh. i think three's fair it's not terrible i mean it does fit into the storyline and it get, does give you some background to, to pazuzu and what's going on in kenya and like the burial of this church and stuff i i want to watch the other one now the other one that came out no. that year. is this one better yeah and that's oh. not saying much as i give this one yeah. two tops yeah the other one's even it's, worse i don't know three three might be a little generous but i, I give it that i guess I, well, I haven't watched Dominion since it first came out. Uh, I would go with three, but yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. I think it's worth a watch, you know, if you're an Exorcist fan. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep this train chugging down the tracks, and I'm going to talk about a trilogy of movies really quickly because they're all very similar. <laughs> this is the Plague Zombie trilogy. Uh, is put out by... Um, intervision slash uh severin films and i picked it up for a reasonable price and after because i watched the trailer and you know i'm a huge fan of indie filmmakers and that's exactly what this is the first one was made in 1997 by three friends with a camcorder and like a budget of 450 dollars and it's a lot of fun. I give that one four stars. And then the second one came out in 2001. Uh, it is called uh, Plago Zombie Zona Mutante. And now these are all uh, horror comedies heavily influenced by uh, Peter Jackson's first film, Bad Taste, which we've covered before about aliens trying to take over the earth by dispersing like a zombies and flesh eating and blah, blah blah uh and that's what this is you know also the story is similar to the undead which we've covered before uh plan nine from outer space but like it's so heavily influenced by bad taste that in part two plague of zombies zona mutenta they actually say they uh say it's similar to what happened in kaiharo which is the place that bad taste takes place in place 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 <laughs> um but and then the third movie um plague of zombie zona mutanta uh is uh i give that one four stars as well and that one came out in 2011 so there's a big span between these three movies uh but and it's funny because it, they're all very gory very over the top but you can see how each one has a bigger budget but it still stars like the same three people who wrote and directed and starred in all three. And, um, you know, I had to thoroughly enjoy in this first one, they mentioned that the main, one of the main characters 
is uh, a professional wrestler and his big weapon against these zombies is his hands of steel and he's just punching their heads off and stuff um and by the third film he had lost a whole bunch of weight you know because there was 10 years between the second and third movie he had lost so much weight uh they they explained it away by saying that he was kidnapped by aliens and when he was returned to earth he looked like a different person um i love these movies and i'm so glad that i bought them um as far as streaming yeah it looks like uh, they're on tubi and con tv the first one i give four stars the second one 4.5 stars just because it has that reference to bad taste and it, you know it has a little bigger budget but still keeps the aesthetic of the first one and then the third one i give four stars uh, as well super fun super gory ridiculous uh horror movie uh action sci-fi you know it has it pushes it checks all the boxes professional wrestling zombies aliens gore and laughter throughout the entire thing uh but anyways uh have any of you seen any of these plague of zombie movies i have not no this is uh this is new to me but uh definitely sounds up my alley yeah, check it out. You know, it's definitely worth a watch. And uh, I'm glad that Intervision and uh, Severin put these out. It's, And uh, I would say buy the physical media if you get a chance. Uh, but on that note, let's keep the train of chugging down the tracks. We're going to pass the ball over to Ruthless Chris. What you got for us next, baby doll? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with two religious horrors next. Um, the first one is 1992's Hellmaster. Directed by Douglas Scholes. I watched this on Tubi. Um, this was a wild fucking ride. Um, this this seemed like a um a much more demented version of uh, uh Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Uh it had John Saxton in it, and it had uh David Emmage, uh, who you may know as Flyboy from Dawn of the Dead. Uh basically you have um a school where there's a professor professor doing experiments on his students. Um, opens up Portal to Hell. There's all kinds of weird experiments and mutants and all kinds of things. This was a wild movie. The acting's bad, really fucking gory, really fucking out there. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, just know what you're getting into. I, I found this because the director has a new movie called Thorns coming out that looks kind of like Hellraiser I'm very excited about, and I wanted to see what he did before. So I gave that one three and a half. Definitely liked Hellmaster. Would recommend. The other one is a brand new movie. Um, called God is a Bullet. Uh, I watched this last night. Uh, this is by uh, Nick Cassavetes, uh, who you may know from The Notebook. Um, it's really strange he made this movie because it's based on a true story about Satanists abducting children and turning them into slaves. And a father whose ex-wife is uh, and her husband is murdered by these Satanists, and his daughter goes up missing. So he ends up connecting with uh, a Satanist who has left the tribe and she sends him on a, a journey to get his daughter back. Uh, this thing is hyper violent. Um, it's extremely fucked up. Uh, it's really goddamn long. It's like two and a half hours. So buckle up for this one. It is definitely worth a watch. The only complaint I have is the Satanist came off a little bit cartoony. Um, and, you know, we're all pretty heavily tattooed people. There's a scene where, you know, she's like, you know, if she's she's got like neck and throat Satan tattoos everywhere and she wants him to get tattooed. She's like, you know, if I showed up in your church, people would look at you a certain way. Well, I'm going to take you to mine and you got to fit in with my people. So this guy sits for an entire chest tattoo, full sleeve and a face tattoo in one sitting. No, 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 no. <laughs> aside from that, a uh, really cool movie. Uh, definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, I rented this one. Uh, I don't think it's stream anywhere. I was very curious after watching the um, trailer, and I would give that one uh, th uh, four stars. So that was uh, Hellmaster and God is a Bullet. Have you seen either of these, Kelly? I have not. Are they on uh, Tubi? Tubi, you said? Hellmaster is uh, God is a Bullet I rented. Oh, yeah. You said that. I remember the Hellmaster cover art the vhs cover art as a kid and it always intrigued me but i never rented it um i remember that the it reminded me the cover art at least reminded me of hellraiser because the the demon's face is all scarred up or has big gashes in it mm -hmm. and of course you know pinhead has the pins uh i watched it maybe last year 
uh, or the year before when I watch a bunch of horror movies that I've never seen before because uh, I know it was re-released by Vinegar Syndrome uh, on Blu-ray. But yeah, I gave it three stars as well. Similar to what you said, cool story, great effects, great gore, acting. Eh, that's why the three and not a higher score, but definitely worth the watch. And, you know, it's on Tubi, of course. <laughs> Tubi! But yeah, and I've heard, nothing Tubi. But, I've heard nothing but good things about uh, God is a Bullet, so I'll have to check that out ASAP as well. Killer Kelly Miller, killing, killing, killing pie contest. What's up <laughs> next, baby? Um, all right. The next movie I'm going to talk about is kind of getting a lot of hype right now. And as it should, this one is 2023's Talk to Me. This movie, dude, I liked this one a lot. This might actually be worth its own episode, so I won't go into too much. But um, it's really a basic concept. Um the writer and directors, uh, Danny, Danny and Michael Philippor. This is their debut, um, you know, debut film as directors, and it's fucking great. I can't to see. I can't wait to see what they do in the future. Um, like I said, this is a really simple concept. You've seen this concept in a lot of movies. It's basically a bunch of kids playing a, a Bloody Mary kind of type of party game. You know, except this party game, somebody's got this hand that he acquired, you know, from somewhere. Somebody gave it to him and told him, like, how it works. You hold the hand and um, you say, talk to me. And then you're supposed to see a spirit in front of you. And then if you say, I let you in, then they possess you. The thing about this party game is you can't let them be in you for more than 90 seconds. If they're in you for 90 seconds, you take a chance of them staying with you forever. And it really affects you later and like really fucks you up later in life. And so these kids, it seems like they're, it's kind of like a high to them, you know, Remember those, like, games when you were little, you used to just make each other, like, pass out for a minute? Yeah. It seems like that sort of thing, and they're all laughing and filming it. And, of course, you know, shit hits the fan. Obviously, somebody's in there for longer than they, they need to be. And I'm not going to go too far into it. But what I really liked about this movie is, with it being such a simple concept, and me saying that, it sounds really fucking cliche. Um... But the way they do it, like their character development, it's um, very realistic with the characters. And you can really identify with the anxiety of this film. And it's um, it's really intense. Like the kill scenes, there's some really fucked up like like graphic scenes in it, which makes it awesome. You can see a exorcist influence with the atmosphere of this movie, which it also is a possession movie, obviously. But um, yeah, I highly recommend this movie. I would give it a four. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. I don't think it's streaming for free. I rented it, but it's, it's fucking fantastic. It will probably be in my top 10 movie list at the end of the year. Very, very cool. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Talk to Me. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry that I missed it in the theater, uh, but I'm looking forward to, to it streaming. Or if it comes out on a physical copy and it's reasonably priced, I'll definitely pick it up. Um, Chris, have you seen Talk to Me? I have not. It's uh, it's definitely like I'm on my 2C, like real high on my 2C list because I've heard nothing but good stuff about it, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, do it. It's an A24 movie, too. Obviously, they've been coming out with some, like, bangers lately, you know? But, yeah. Awesome. This is another awesome. one. Another good one. Awesome, I just really awesome. like how simple and cliche the concept is, and then, like, them doing something different with it, you know? Good. I like it. I love it. Give me more of it. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to talk about another movie, and this one is one I've been looking forward to for a while, and... uh you know, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of triggering sort of aspects to it. If you are um, offended by sexual violence, if you're offended by realistic violence, if you're easily offended in general, you probably should not watch this. But me, on the other hand, I love extreme horror, and uh, this definitely falls into that category. This is 2022's directed by John Swab's Candyland. Uh, when I originally saw the poster, I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're, they're making a movie based on Candyland? Because, you know, there's so <laughs> many move there's so many gritty movies based on childhood stories or childhood books or games made, made into full-length movies. It is nothing like the board game Candyland. Uh, 
Uh, this is about a seemingly naive and devout young woman who finds her way into the underground world of Trek truck stop sex workers, aka lot lizards. Um, yeah, there it's it's graphic. It is disturbing. Uh, it is great. Uh, now I. Uh, it is streaming on Tubi, so uh, you've got no excuse not to see it if you're interested in that type of thing. But uh, the director uh, is known for Ida Red, Body Brokers, the uh, One Day as a Lion, like more intense action movies. Uh, I I'm, I'm, think this is one of his first forays into more of a horror genre. And since it is so gritty and so realistic, uh, you know, it, it's not for all people. If you're into movies like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, you'll, um, I can't really say enjoy, but you'll like watch, you'll like this movie. You, <laughs> it's hard to say enjoy, <laughs> uh, but it is a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, once again, hard to say enjoy, but I liked it a lot. I loved it actually. And I'm giving it 4.5 stars. I would pick this up on physical copy and add it to my, um, add it to my collection. Um, it reminded me a lot of this movie that stars um, st stars Asia Argento. It's called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, I believe, and it came out in 2002. Uh, if you've seen this movie, you'll you'll understand. It's uh, you know very similar with truck stop sex workers. It's very similar with the graphic realistic violence. Um, so if you've seen that, you can prepare yourself for this, but the, this changes it a little bit in that there is a slasher and she's not mentally well. I can't say too much cause I'll give it away, but yeah, it's on Tubi. You have no excuse not to watch it. It's free. Um, 4.5 stars for me. Have you guys seen Candyland or heard about it? Mm -mm. I've heard about it. Uh, I've heard mixed things, but I also, from your description, I can understand why. Because a lot of people can't handle extreme horror like maybe we can. Um, and I think that it. has been some of the negativity of hers. Is it's a little too sleazy or fucked up. But I am interested in checking it out. Very cool. Well, I would suggest that I think you dig it. But uh, in the meantime, we got one last round to go before we get to our interview with Chris Shern. Uh, so, Mr. Ruthless Chris, would you please bless us? with one or two <laughs> last movie reviews quickly uh church is in session it's time for a blessing um first one is last voyage of the demeter came out 2023 this is by andre orvidal uh, who made um uh autopsy of jane doe which i think is a oh. modern horror masterpiece uh he Fantastic. also made troll hunter um oh. this is uh i've been interested in seeing this as a movie for a <laughs> while uh, even before I heard that they were making this, I always thought it'd be a cool idea for a movie. It's basically based off the captain's log from the uh, novel Dracula. Uh, just basically what happens on the Demeter, which if you remember during the Dracula story, he gets boxed up, sent to London on this boat. Boat shows up a ghost ship. Well, this tells the story of what happened there. And it's basically, you know, you have a Nosferatu style Dracula. Um and he is, you know, he starts off very weak and he's feeding on the livestock in this boat and he starts eating the crew and feeding on the crew. I've heard mixed reviews on this movie. I myself, I really liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was a really cool, interesting take on some very, very worn territory, especially when it comes to like Dracula story. I think it's been done, done to death and I, that no one's really took a swing at this part of the story, which I always liked. I liked the, the creature design. It's more the winged you know, um, Nosferatu Salem's Lot style vampire. Um, good gore. Uh, special effects, you know, are a little on the wonky side, but it's a low budget. So uh, I give that three and a half. Uh, the other one I'm going to talk about, uh, Kelly and I watched the other day called Natty Knox. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. This is a brand new horror movie, 2023, uh, directed by Dwight H. Little. Um this was interesting. Um, it, it feels like they're trying to set it up as like a Candyman or like Bloody Mary's type of thing. You know, Natty Knox nine times. You know, like it's this <laughs> thing where, you know, there's this dead woman in town and they think if you if you hear nine knocks at your door, she's there to come kill you. Um, but that's not really what it turns into. It turns into more 
this Bill Mosley demented serial killer kind of thing. Robert Englund's also in this. Uh, you can see them two face off, which is pretty cool. Um, the tone of this thing is what was really weird about it because they made a conscious effort to make it feel like it's not in any certain year. Like there's no like graphic tease. Everyone's like, like everyone's yeah. dressed like mid 2000s late 90s um, like no it seems like through the 80s up until like the early 2000s you know it's weird the, the only technology you see is cell phones and at one point in the background you see a couple of ring doorbells but there's no flat screen tvs there's no computers no one drives modern cars everything just kind of seems like lost in time and you can't really pinpoint when this movie is supposed to be taking place it gives it a really fucking odd feel mm -hmm. um and it can kind of be a little dis disarming, you know. It's it's really strange, but I would I would definitely recommend this. This is uh, Bill Mosley at some of his best. Uh, it's kind of an awkward, weird movie, but I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it went fully for what they were trying to do, but um, I could see this like maybe making some sequels and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was it was different. It was interesting. I gave that one three stars. So Last Voyage of the Demeter three and a half. Uh, Natty Knox three three. And I watched Natty Knox on Tubi and Last Voyage was a rental. Very cool. That very exciting. Uh I definitely want to check out both of those for nothing but good things about both. And uh, you know, your critique solidifies that. Uh Kelly, you said you watched Natty Knox as well? I did, I did. I think I'd give it a two and a half. It, but it, it was, you know, it, it's worth a watch. Uh the last meter is on my list. That story sounds really interesting to me, and I kinda I really want to watch that one. Very, very cool. Well, one last round, Killer Kelly. Let's what you been watching. Um, as I said earlier, when uh Chris watched No One Will Save You, I was actually searching for that movie, not remembering the name of it, and typed in No One Gets Out Alive, and I stumbled across this one on Netflix. 2021 uh this one follows a girl she's she's like an immigrant she's in town she's desperate for a place to stay in cleveland and she comes across this creepy boarding house run by this creepy dude named red and his brother becker um is her her mom had just passed away she's an undocumented immigrant so she's having a hard time getting like fake ids and jobs and stuff at the time so she's really taking what's available to her and it happens to be this creepy ass boarding house where there's a bunch of other girls staying um almost instantly she starts hearing all these weird weird noises and you know that there's something up with this place uh they kind of give it a direction that it's something up with the landlords red and becker and they take it somewhere where you don't expect it to go um it does have a paranormal feel <laughs> i do want to say something about the monster although to <laughs> give it a little bit away <laughs> But the monster almost is like its mouth is its vagina and it's like bites off heads. <laughs> so I shouldn't even be mentioning the monster, but I just felt like saying that. Um, it was a decent movie. It had an alright, like uh gothic horror, definitely a gothic horror feel to it. It's pretty dark and it, it some good misdirections, but I, I, I don't know. I'd give it about a three and a half. It wasn't a bad movie. It's worth a watch. Uh, what's it on? Netflix. Very cool. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching this. I don't remember too much about it, but I just looked it up. I give it three and a half stars. Uh, mm -hmm. I I agree. It's definitely worth a watch. Uh, Chris, have you seen No One Gets Out Alive? I have not. Check it out if you get a chance, baby. <laughs> One of the few decent horror movies on Netflix. <laughs> no. Very true. Very true. Real game is fun. Yeah, there's there's a few good ones out there actually. Well, we got I got one last movie to talk about, and this is a highlight of my two weeks away. I had some friends over, and we watched uh, a, a, a back to back sequels of Waxwork and Waxwork Two. I'm not gonna talk oh, about boy. Waxwork Two at all because <laughs> nobody needs to hear me talk about Waxwork Two. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it later, but right now I'm gonna talk about. One of my favorite horror movies, horror comedies of all time, uh, Waxwork, 1988. This movie um, is a comfort film for me from, I think I watched it when it first came out, so I would have been 10 years old. Uh, but this movie is amazing. You know, it's about a wax museum owner who uses his horror exhibits to unleash evil onto the world. 
there's so many great characters. Um, I mean, and then it starts uh, stars Zach Galligan, which you know him probably mostly from Gremlins. Uh, okay. I, I don't know if he he did this four years after Gremlins, so we were making a lot of Gremlins jokes during the movie. Uh, <laughs> but you know the cast is amazing, and it's so much fun um, seeing like every little every little wax exhibit is you know it says that it's characters from history but you know it's like dracula frankenstein's monster or a werewolf or you know uh, aliens or you know the invisible man it's great it's so much fun and each little uh exhibit is almost like a movie onto itself is a story onto itself and it goes back to the main movie but it's not an anthology by any means so if you haven't seen it don't get that idea but at the same time it's it's also one of those movies it's kind of feels like a even though it takes place in the 80s it almost feels like a throwback to the 50s the way that the characters are dressed and the way that they talk and like the this waxwork just appears and they're just like oh i've never seen this waxwork here before let's check it out it's like what who even talks like that who even knows what a waxwork is even in 1988 like teenagers wouldn't be like Oh, look, a waxwork just shows up in our little quiet suburban neighborhood. No, but I love it. I love everything about this movie. Um, I give it five stars all day long just for the nostalgia factor, just for the fact that, you know, uh, like I said, it's a comfort movie. I could watch this any day, every day, feeling down, feeling up. I love it. It's so much fun. you guys, have you seen uh, Waxwork from 1988? Uh, yes, I have uh, dozens of times. I got like the little double DVD. It's got Waxwork 1 and 2 on it. I don't really think Waxwork 2 has got a whole lot of play. Um, <laughs> but Waxwork 1 is, like you said, it's a comfort movie. It's so fun, cheesy. <clears throat> it hits all the right parts of like what I look for in an 80s movie. You know, like the the special effects are like what I like performances are what i like you know they're just over the top enough you know it's it, it it's like one of those movies that you remember from your childhood that's like putting on like a warm blanket when you put it on you know like you could just i, I followed under one of those movies i could kind of always watch you know like there's certain movies if i turn on the tv and even if it's in the middle of it i'm like i'm watching that you know mm-hmm. it's one of those for me yeah I, i've seen this it, this is another like good old classic that i need to revisit because it, it has been some years on this but you're right it is a comfort movie it does hit all the spots from that era and yeah i'd recommend it i'd give it a four very very cool well uh after talking about all these great movies uh let's get over to our guest mr chris shern and talk about his first major uh full-length movie evil lurks shall we we shall (laughs) let's go (laughs) and now for our feature presentation Guacamole, Real Vile is totally excited tonight. We got our first guest for October. It's Halloween month, and it's going to be spooktacular. It is filmmaker Chris Shern, and we've got a doozy of a movie to talk about. Let's get right to it. Uh, Chris, say hi to the people in Real Vile land real quick. How you guys doing? All right. And... uh, for everybody at home that isn't really familiar with your work, uh, we're going to be talking about his newest movie, Evil Lurk. Uh, can, can you uh, tell us, uh, tell us, uh, tell the people at Real Vile Land a little bit about you, would you? Um, yeah, my um, I'm, my name is Chris Shern. I'm a I'm a musician, film indie filmmaker. Um, I pretty much got my vibe into everything doing music. I'm in a band called Invisible Cartoons. Um, yeah. We call our music very, very, very positive, uplifting, like rock music. We call it Smile Rock. So this is our our logo. So I'm always so yeah, so yeah, so I'm in a band called Invisible Cartoons and very positive stuff. And I'm into horror and I like horror movies and you know I, I've done I've done shorts and things here and there. And I really started getting more into making or making movies in general short films probably around 2013 and finally you know around 2000 end of 2018 2019 i started um, 
co I co wrote and co direct the movie called Evil Lurks, which is on Tubi TV. Mm -hmm. You know, out there. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, I'm not that creating. I'm a creator. That's what that's what I call myself. Very, very cool. Yeah, we love that around here at Real Vile. Um, now, Evil Lurks is your first full length movie that you've uh, co wrote, co directed. You did the music, which I'll tell you, one of the things that stood out to me most was the score. Uh, awesome. That's one of my favorite parts of the film. Thank you. Um, now, when you set out to make this film, uh, it is it's it's jarring uh, to the viewer. You know, at times mm -hmm. it has a quick cut edit, sort of like a music video. Other yeah. times it's blurry, like a, like an acid trip, like a fever dream. Yeah. And other times it, it's a little bit more linear. Was uh, was that whole uh, editing process deliberate? Did you want it make it? uh jarring to the viewer yeah yeah because um the premise of the movie the premise of the movie is about um a hypnotherapist who um kind of singled out this one one of one of his um clients or whatever um and there's something that's happening within i played a hypnotherapist and um there's something that something that happens to him that 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 kind of focus on one of the you know one of the one of his um one of his patients um mm -hmm. played by Amanda Winston um and um I think I think I think the mindset I think the mindset of what he was trying to do what he was doing and you know how they kind of you know was in this in this flow and how he kind of put her in his place and kind of went back to her her memories and things that kind of traumatized her I think us as human beings, there's a lot of things that circulate in our mind. I think I think we're 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 moving at 20 miles and you know 20 miles an hour, and sometimes we're moving 20,000 miles an hour. Just like everything is just so like everything's so blurry or so like fast and quick moving. And you know, and as we see, you know, being on this computer, you know, this this world is quick moving. You know, everybody's you know trying to get in, get out, and all that stuff. So the editing process and how I um, scope the movements of the movie is definitely based on the mental mindset of um, the um, the main character, Kimberly. So, yeah, so that was all done de deliberately. I was, and also I, I came from, you know, making a feature film. I came from making music videos. <laughs> so I make music videos that kind of get real like skitsy and crazy and stuff like that. So adding that element to, to the, to the aspect, um, really was part of it. I, 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 I think I broke a little bit of, I think I broke some rules in, in making a feature film within what I do as, you know, a visual artist, you know, making experimental stuff and then also making music videos. So, you know, I was like, I ain't got nothing to lose. Nobody, nobody's, nobody throwing money at me to make this movie. So I, I definitely, I definitely experimented a lot and um, yeah, ended up being what it was. You know, I think uh, with the kind of movie it was, you know, I mean, it almost gives you the freedom to break some rules and not really have to go into the film like conventions because it does operate in somewhat, somewhat of a, a dream logic mm -hmm. kind yeah. of scape to where it's okay not to, you know, like make it so conventional because that actually leads into a stronger case and the, the story you're trying to tell. Right, exactly. Thank, thank you, man. I appreciate. It. <laughs> I need a hundred more people to say that so they can. I pick apart movies, man. When I watch them, I'm the guy that's like looking for subtext and like looking for like what's going on in the background and all that crap. Yeah. You know, like yeah, very. I'm like I don't think anything's deliberate when somebody's trying to show me something, so I'm always looking for the the other things. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of symbolism in the whole movie. You know. Yeah, it was it was a lot of stuff going on. That my goal was the hope. My hope was to pe people to like, all right, they saw it. I'm confused. All right, we'll watch it again. Mm -hmm. Oh, now I get it. So that was kind of the whole, the whole concept. Because there's a lot of things that's hidden in the movie that you know you just gotta really pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, it did get confusing at parts. Like at parts, it did seem all over the place. Which you're right, though. It fit with the storyline with the hypnosis, and you don't know if that was like some sort of psychosis thing going on. But it right. all came together at the end. Like it, it, it did actually like all work come together. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too artsy with it because people, I, people call me and say, "Dude, what was that? What was that? Was she always was she always um, hypnotized at the beginning?" 
and mm-hmm. all the stuff, all this stuff was just a dream. And I was like, and I say it's subjective. I'm like, either you know, open interpretation. Yeah, mm-hmm. interpretation. I mean, I, and, and the reality of it all is, she she went through, she been through, she was going through these things in her life, and, and that was real life thing. That was that was miscarriages and bad relationships, and mm-hmm. you know, rape and all these other you know real world things. And then she created this 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 dark you know, horror atmosphere to make things come across a little bit different. I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, you know, a lot of things happen within the movement of the movie that kind of was disoriented and, and, and the structure. And, and the thing about that is, man, it's like me as a creative, you know, either you're going to get it or you're not. I I, I don't, I don't really make straightforward, like, all right, I'm going to kill you type horror movies. I, I like to play with the mind and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I like when people break it down and try to understand and then people who just like, I I didn't get it, man. It's like, that's cool. I I I care, but I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna do what I gotta do and hopefully, you know, people like you invite me to your show and we talk about this weird shit we just, I just made. <laughs> we like the weird shit. Yeah. Me well too. it feels it feels like uh, unconventional films are very on trend right now, you know, with the popularity of Skinamarink, which none yeah. of us understood until mm-hmm. Chris, the superplexicist, <laughs> actually explained it to the rest of us. Okay. Um, so I could see, you know, a, a little push from Evil Lurks, and this movie could take off, you know, it could be a real cult hit. Uh, yeah, it reminded yeah. me of, like, David Lynch's early work, a lot of David Lynch sort of dreamy uh you know passing through reality and dreams it reminded me a lot of david lynch's work and it also reminded me of 2015's uh they look like people especially like the cinematography by perry blackshear i don't know if you're familiar with that movie yeah Uh, i've I've heard of that movie um i don't want to come off i don't want to come off like i'm some kind of you know you know cinephile and but i like i watch a lot of i watch a lot of like you know international films a lot of french horror i watch a lot of german expressionism a lot of things kind of inspired the the look of it on dark i uh, he you know people people respect dario argento i like him but i like more of the aesthetic of his movies more than i actually like the other parts of his movies so a lot of that style over substance area yeah, so a lot of the stuff with the grain and the, and the oversaturation of the colors that was in Evil Lurks. Um, if you guys that. ever seen Mandy, yeah, okay. love Mandy. Yeah, that 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 aspect inspired me. So yeah, that was a lot of you know. I think a lot of people felt like they a lot of people some they were very uncomfortable how close the camera was to the people where yes. they were kind of like talking in the camera, and um, I actually got that movement from the movie Moonlight. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so I went from, you know, dramas to horror to, you know, you know, yeah, to a couple of things. It's like comedy. I think I found it was a color palette that I saw on the Justice League <laughs> when I'm watching Justice League. Like, oh, I like that. So, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I take, I take a lot of different, different elements of different, different movies and stuff like that. But I, I do watch a lot of older horror movies because I, mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic. I don't know. Horror do. movies don't look right when it's too clean and 4K ish. Yeah. Agreed. Chris and I had this conversation the other day about like digital movies now versus right. film, and it just doesn't have the same feel. No, especially. I did especially notice that. Uh, I did notice that a lot of times your uh, your coloring was uh, a very like nodded towards like stuff like Argento. Yeah. With like the heavy reds and blues and stuff like that, yeah. uh, like coloring wise and lighting wise. Yeah. It was two aspects of that. I liked the color, and then it was like, damn, we didn't like this right. And this, <laughs> and something was weird. And then we had to like, all right, well, this is the best we're gonna do. Because that was that was fault. Like when the scene, the scene when the daughter finds out, you know, like that, you know, her mother, you know, um, I forgot what scene it was. Um, her, her the daughter, um. She found out about her mother when she, you know, because she was adopted or whatever. Because she had like the paperwork and she's like, "Yeah, I saw this. This woman was in my dreams. We shot, we, 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 we had, we shot it in color, but then we made it black and white." And I can't. And on one spot, I was kind of doing it. I was kind of doing that on purpose, but it's like, okay, this would be something different. Then I made the aspect ratio to like four point three or whatever. 
But then also the coloring was so off kilter. I was like, all right, we're just gonna make it black and white because it ain't working. If it because we like we shot something and then three months later we had to shoot the scene where she's sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. So it was a different vibe. So the color change was different. So it was like mm -hmm. I just make it black and white. So certain aesthetics I did, certain aesthetics I did for the sake of all right, there's something happened, we gotta make it better. Some things I had in my head. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, when you're making a low budget movie, man, you, you you try to find all your twists and turns to figure it all out. So, but it was fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I was saying uh, earlier, the, one of my favorite aspects of this movie was the score and the soundtrack. And uh, that was another aspect you had your hand in or did entirely. Uh, did you have any specific uh, influences in that or how did that come about? Could you talk a little bit about that soundtrack, that score, please? Yeah, the score pretty much. Um, I can't take all the credit. I I'm, I was composer and music supervisor. I had a ton of people help me out with with instruments. Um, um, the song "Blood Moon," where you know where the um, Rich played by Bill D. Russell, he was you know playing a playing the song on a record player and he was dancing around. My buddy, my buddy Ryan Caldwell, who's also in Invisible Cartoons, my guitar player. He plays guitar. Nice. My guitar player, yeah, he uh, he wrote, he composed that. We wrote it on piano. I like, I have my phone push record. We wrote it on piano. And I said, oh, "Cool, I want this. Give me like a hundred seconds. Give me a hundred seconds of this." He's okay. Dude comes back with a he dude's come come back with a three and a half minute of the song. He gets somebody, to, you know, get an extra person to sing on. He get our buddy play guitar. He get some upright bass and all this stuff. So he did all of those elements and all of the kind of like weird ambient type sounds that pretty much i love i love i love found sounds i'm always recording things i work at a print shop nice. so there's always different machines and textures mm -hmm. and stuff going on so i'm always just like creating different things on oh, my buddy who does who's in an electronic music like i was making these weird sounds in an event and i said hey i got this this recording i did i was like Whoa, doing monk sounds in an event and then I said, here, take this and make it sound weird. And then he'll he'll manipulate it. But yeah, I mean my my influence is um Johnny Green Johnny Green um Green was in the Greenwood from Radiohead. Right. Oh. John, Johnny Green is the Greenwood. But for real, um, okay, the, the, yeah. the good guitar player from Radiohead. He he composed a lot. You guys seen There Would Be Blood, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll drink so your milkshake. He composed oh. that score, yeah. <laughs> So, like stuff like Trent Reznor is one of my instruments. So you can hear a lot of industrial kind of elements to some of the some of the sounds um, on the score. Um, and then a lot of that stuff, you know, I had a lot of friends and stuff like that helped me out. And a lot of those songs was like 15, 16 years old. And I'm like, screw it, I'm gonna throw it in a movie. It's about about forty six pieces of music um, in the in the in the movie. The mo the original score, the original cut of the movie was two hours and twenty eight minutes. Oh damn! Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we so that means we we have fifty one pieces of music, and then we and then it went down to like forty six. So yeah, that's Fair very. I had, a, I had a lot of help as well. Yeah the um, the script itself. I mean, uh, for for making a low budget movie, like was it daunting with the amount of special effects you had written in there? Because like you know, it is a very visual movie. Mm -hmm. Like there is a lot of special effects there's a lot of stuff going on on screen you know i mean like was it daunting to you to be like how am i gonna pull this off with the money we got because you know like not even like three four minutes goes by before there's another you know visual piece going on in this movie whether yeah. it be you know like open a door and something cosmic's going on outside the door you know like the shadow people or you know like yeah. things like that you know like it was did you find it risky writing something like that and be like how the shit are we gonna pull this off <laughs> like anything man you know all you know us low budget filmmakers man you know everybody everybody want to be Tarantino. most of mo most people want to be tarantino spielberg and all these other things mm -hmm. and 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 you know you you have high expectations you write this I, so i obviously i co-wrote the, the script with um aaron hawkins he he, he co-directed as well so i co-directed and we wrote and we yeah we was ambitious and we was like, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and we, you know, we were writing out the script. And the script was only fifty, which is weird because the movie was two and a half hours original cut. The script was only seventy two pages long, 
Oh, so wow. yeah, so we we put it all together, and then every, as we was going and we was moving things around, my buddy and I love Nick Nick Grove. He's a um he's acting. He does this for a living. He's a three D. He's a three D um designer animator type guy. Mm-hmm. So all the hallway stuff, when when Kim is walking through the hallway, he did all of, he composited all of that. Kim um Amanda Winston who played Kimberly. We shot all that stuff, the green screen stuff, in my basement. So I set up some lights I got from Home Depot, set it all up. And then I got my, my guy, Nick, he he had a low. So he was like, man, I ain't got no work. I just want to do something fun. You know, most of my stuff is corporate, whatever. He said, you got something for me? I said, I got this. I got a minute and a half of this. Can you make something out of this? Oh, yeah. Took him three weeks, made it. And that minute and a half of stuff he put, I put it all, over, all through the movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and then all the other stuff, I did all the visual effects. A lot of, a lot, I did mo- most of the visual effects on that, learning from scratch, because I didn't have a clue. YouTube mm-hmm. tutorials is 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 a godsend. Yeah, they are. Um, the the scene, if you remember the scene where the smoke, the black smoke is blowing out of um, Erica, the young girl, mm-hmm. played by Samantha May, blowing out her mouth. Yeah. My buddy, my buddy Eric, who I didn't know did visual, you know, did visual stuff. I was like, man, he said, how's the movie going? I said, man, I need some better smoke. I'm not liking the smoke I got coming out of my mouth. He said, oh, I can make smoke. Like he made some real thick, puffy black smoke. Said, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I'm thinking he's joking with me. He come back, you know, he said, yeah, I made some smoke for you. And then I composited it, put it, you know, set it up. I was like, holy shit, cool. This is awesome. Nice. So between me, Nick, and um, and Eric, and my buddy Josh did some stuff here and there. Um, yeah, man, that was our, that was our special effects team. I, I'm proud, I'm proud of that stuff, proud of what we did. Certain things I wish we could have done better. Some of the blood mm-hmm. stuff. I hate CGI blood like anybody yeah. else, but when you're in a pinch, you got to make stuff happen. But yeah, we did a lot of, um, a lot of stuff. I, yeah, it's, it's funny cause I got a lot of things that was influenced by the first Nightmare on Elm Street. That's, that's going, that's thrown into that. We've, if you see a guy like getting pulled into the wall. Yeah, from the, I took that from that setup and found, found a tutorial to emulate it. And yeah, man, it was a lot of nutty stuff with that. Um, do I ever want to do that again? Hell no. <laughs> that, was a, that was a nightmare, dude. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I could tell by watching. No. I was like, man, this guy's got some balls to write all this yeah. shit in his first movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my balls fell off when that movie was done. I was exhausted. <laughs> His Man. next movie is going to take place in the field with two actors and no special effects. Well, <laughs> if you have like five minutes, I'm going to talk to you about my new movie. And yeah, yeah. that's all practical. Let's get into that. Let's yeah. talk about, about that. That was yeah. the next question. I was about to say, Mr. Chris Shearn, now that we've talked about Evil Lurks and you can watch it on Tubi, which is amazing for indie filmmakers. I'm so Love glad Tubi. that your film is on there. Tubi. Thank you. Uh, but Thank what you. is next? For Mr. Chris Shearn, what is the next project? Because uh, we, we're tantalized, we're teased with this beautiful uh, fever dream, Evil Lurks. What is next? Um, another fever dream? No. <laughs> <laughs> this one I takes place like underwater with lava. I just like waking up sweating. Like, what the hell just happened? Why that bunny try to chase me? All right. So uh, this next <laughs> movie is called Vic Effects. Uh, the movie is about a Foley artist who makes horror movies, uh, who makes uh, sound effects for horror movies. Um, she she's um, also is going to be played by Amanda Winston, um, who I hope you guys have on her sh- on your show one day. Um, she's going to star as um, Vic Paulette. She's going to be a she's playing a Foley artist, okay. and um, it's it's a it's a mix between mockumentary anthology. Um, surrealism, fe- you know, fever dream, and 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 kind of kind of crazy stuff happens. So as she gets a as she gets a job working on a horror film, the horror she's creating these sounds, and as she's creating these sounds, these things around her are enhancing into her reality. Okay, so that's that's pretty much what that premise is. I'm interested. Yeah, that sounds yeah. interesting. For real. Yeah. We start. We started shooting um, a couple of weeks ago. We did three days, and you know, if you guys want to, you know, keep up to date with it, you can go on uh, Kissing Castle Productions. Um, our um, right now, we just have we don't have our website yet, but we have a, a Facebook. Just look up Kissing Castle Productions, 
And um, we'll be sure to link it. Screenshots and different stuff happening with that. You know, my goal is to try to get everything filmed this year and then start editing it and, you know, just kind of go from there. And, you know, it's not going to be a two hour movie. My goal is I'm pushing between 75, 80 minutes long. Yeah. But no, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a different kind of vibe, man, and I'm excited about it. Like it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and mostly practical effects. Well, when Very that comes cool. out, make sure uh, make sure you hit us up. We'll have you back on to talk about it. Oh, definitely, man. I, I'm thank you for having me, and you know at this point in time. But yeah, check out Evil Lurk. Check out Invisible Cartoons if you into if you feeling if you feeling like you want to dance, man. Happy Rock check with a keytar. Yeah. I'm I, I'm already I'm gonna ch- check. Yeah, it out. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. We nobody else got that name, so check us out. Follow us, follow us on Spotify, and yeah, man. You know, I'm I'm out, I'm out here creating. I want to, you know, I'm I appreciate you guys doing what you do to help independent artists. I'm I'm an independent filmmaker. I'm a low budget filmmaker. I mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be Hollywood. I don't be Tarantino. I, I want to make the movies I want to make, and if I get a if I get a little following, I'm happy about it. So thank oh, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. We we try to have at least one independent uh, filmmaker on a month, and you know we're happy to start off October with Mr. Chris Shern and yeah. highlighting Evil Lurks. Um, any final words before before we wrap up this episode, Chris? Um, yeah, just thank you for the time, man. And also, you know, if if I get enough footage, I I'm hoping to get a teaser trailer for Vic Effects on um, this year. And I'll let you know. I'll keep I'll keep you guys posted, man. And we'll we'll keep it Please rocking, do. man. Supporting the independent creators. Absolutely. So, yeah. Chris, Kelly, any final words for the real vile fans out there in real vile land? Chris? Oh, you want me to go first? <laughs> uh, definitely check out this guy's uh, this guy's film, man. It's uh, it's definitely a trip. Uh, buckle up for that one. Uh, uh, you know, be ready to pay attention. It's not yeah. it's not an easy listen or easy watching popcorn flick. This is one that's yeah. a cerebral one. Go yeah. into like you're about to watch Jacob's Ladder or some shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's what, definitely enjoy it. That's um, what I was going to mention earlier is, is how we were talking about how it's also similar to you know Jacob's Ladder before you got on, but yeah, uh, yeah, check I, I it out. It. Yeah. Oh, wait. What Not was the new thing? Jacob's Ladder of the eighties one? Yeah, I know you guys mentioned you mentioned David Lynch. So when the, when you see the woman in the bar singing singing the song in in Evil Lurks, mm-hmm. that's the girl in the radiator, um, Eraserhead. Oh, so really? That was my influence. Very if you you guys seen Eraserhead, obviously, right? Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, girl I, in the radi- girl in the radiator. That's yeah. that was the vibe I got with the bartender singing. Um. I saw a razor head way too early, and that baby haunted me as a child. Oh, yeah. Watch it. The best time to watch a razor head is in the winter time when it's cold out, and you you know get a little some some, and then just watch it. I'm like, holy shit, man, it's nuts. That actually sounds like a good night. Oh yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I might have to watch the Lighthouse. I think I, I can say that too. Lighthouse is a cold, cold yes. movie. Look at smoke and then watch the Lighthouse. I mm-hmm. think that's it. Yeah, I like weird movies, man. I like I like things that make you something. Now you need to, Chris. You need to explain Skin Marine because I I it hurt <laughs> my soul. I I I, I, I don't. Think I, I, watch it again. I'll tell you what. I'll hit you up offline because yeah. I, it's going to take you like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, like it, it takes a while, but I, I promise you, these guys will tell you. I do have it figured out, and it does okay. make sense. We did Man. do an episode about it where he broke it down a little, but yeah, have him tell you about it because we were. Okay. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Because I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up on your I'm socials. Like, we'll have a long talk about it. Yeah, it, it was. It, it hurt me. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I know that, that was me and Germ too. We we're like, wow. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> they, they, they start breaking it down, and they're like, "Oh shit, you're right. Oh shit, okay, okay." They're like, yeah, "It's just my no, brain is just it doesn't stop. I start watching shit, and I start just dissecting it, and the pieces start coming apart. You know, like the power of the internet and the power of the internet and word of mouth. That movie made two million dollars at the box office. More power than him. Wow. Hey, you know what? You don't have to like it, but it definitely gives people like you and other independent guys like more of a chance to get those kinds of movies. Oh, I, I, I get that man, man. I give him mad kudos. I'm like, congratulations. I would never watch a movie again, but <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. Well, even with me understanding it, I'll never watch it again either. Yeah. So. <laughs> Terrified too. Fuck, I can't wait till the new next one come out. I I I like gave him a center ovation for that shit. That was crazy. I love yeah. it. Hopefully it's not three hours long. 
Yeah, that was my main problem with it. It was yeah, like my fun. only problem with that movie was two and a half hours of slasher yeah. is just too much. <laughs> yeah. he, he even said he said I did that because I just wanted to throw it on and uh, the next movie would not be that long because he just like okay these guys gave me a quarter of a million dollars to make this movie I'm gonna put everything in there and that was his whole, made the, that was his made the first one for like eight grand you know yeah yeah so. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no, no. I'll let y'all go. <laughs> we 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 love having people on. We love having yeah. indie filmmakers on and talking about movies. And it's been a pleasure talking to you, Chris Shern. And once again, everybody, uh, it's free on Tubi. Of course, Tubi. We love Tubi here at Real Vile. Sponsor us, Tubi. Tubi. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I'm just going to sign off by saying, keep it creepy, keep it spooky, keep it real vile forever. God bless America and send nudes.